Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! ESPN Radio Missoula, the ESPN MT app, as well as SWX Montana on this Friday afternoon. This is Nuanez Now. Jeff Safford here with you, along with Andrew Houghton today, filling in for Coulter Nuanez. Still off for one more show. Have no fear. Still got one more go with Coulter Nuanez in this 2023 year. That's coming up next Monday to get things all wrapped up with the big game coming tomorrow afternoon. Washington Grizzlies Stadium. The Bison may be on a plane right now, headed west out to Zootown. Washington Grizzlies Stadium, a huge game. North Dakota State, Montana, 2.30 start time inside of Wagriz. And be sure to tune in tomorrow afternoon, College Game Day, leading you up to the start of the contest. Colter Nuanez will also be live, along with Rajim Seabrook. You might even see me, Jeff Safford, down there, hanging out by O'Reilly's Auto Parts, down there by Washington Grizzlies Stadium. So again, College Game Day coming up tomorrow afternoon, leading you right up to kickoff between the Grizzlies and the Bison. And for this Friday, even though Coulter is off, we still will hear from plenty of Coulter Nuanas on this Friday. A Floco Friday. Florence Coffee Company. I like my coffee like Tommy Evans. Not so much like Tommy Evans' straight-up black coffee, but, you know, different coffee drinks, sometimes some espresso. Or me being a West Coast guy, I like my matcha, and they've got some good matcha over there at Floco Coffee. also want to thank the advocates for... 
Their support of Nuwana's Now, the advocates want to wish you happy holidays. The holidays should be joyful and exciting, shopping, spending time with friends and family. But if you're injured because of someone else's negligence, you're robbed of the happiness, of that happiness. Call the advocates today so they can start fighting for you and the settlement you deserve so you can get back to enjoying the holiday season. Chat anytime with the Montana Advocates at MontanaAdvocates.com or call them up at 406 640 zero four 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 so what do we got coming for you on this friday right here in segment one colter nuanez for the second time this week we'll be visiting with rajim seabrook talking about the nfl maybe some bada bing bada boom talking about the new york giants potentially some nba talk a lot to get to with rajim seabrook that's coming up here in segment one segment two Grizz Star of the Week brought to you by Ryan Miller Law, Junior Bergen. Star from last week's game for the Montana Grizzlies. Not one, but two returns on special teams for Junior Bergen. Taking it to the house, Coulter Nuanez visited with Junior. So we'll hear an interview with him in segment two. Segment three, Andrew Houghton will be back in to talk about three big things to watch for tomorrow's matchup featuring North Dakota State and Montana on the gridiron tomorrow. Three big things about the Grizzlies. That'll get things wrapped up in segment number three. Then going into segment four, our number two for the last time this year, it'll be time to check in with Carolyn, see what she's got to say about Zion Williamson, maybe some Stephen A. Smith gripes about what he had to say about Zion earlier this week. You'll have to wait for segment number four and hour two to listen to the chick that doesn't know sports. And then segment five, we'll be hearing from the head man from North Dakota State, their head coach, Matt Entz, who's been with on, been on with us a few times here on Nuanas Now, but he'll visit with Coulter in segment five to get you ready for that huge matchup between the Bison and the Grizzlies. Then we'll send you on your way on your Friday, get you going for a busy weekend here in the Garden City and big weekend for football in general. So that's your show outlook for a Friday afternoon. Right now, let's go ahead and send it over to Colter Nuanez, Rajim Seabrook, see what they've got cooking for us on a Friday afternoon. We recorded this earlier this week, but let's get you going with Raj and Colter. We're uh, we're in a time warp. We're going backward. We're recording on Wednesday for Friday before we go live on Wednesday for Wednesday. We need a Back to the Future reference, <laughs> Marty. It's it's Marty and Doc Brown. Everyone, let's go. Well, I am out after today, this Wednesday. But you're listening to me on a Friday, so don't worry about it. We just have to tell you that it's FCC stuff. So you're listening to on is now. Rajim Seabrook kicking it with us. We get two episodes with the man this week. Uh, so as we're talking to you, you're listening to us on a Friday. We got uh, a whole bunch of tickets for you. We've been giving them away all week. How about a little New Year's Eve matinee? This sounds fun. You can go take the kids down on a little Sunday afternoon and uh, and uh, watch the Lady Grizz take on Idaho State. It's like a pseudo rivalry almost. See, Soboleski's done a great job there at Idaho State. They play mm-hmm. a pretty contrasting style to what the Lady Grizz play. So it's always uh, good matchups. Even ver- different iterations with Mike Petrino, Sandy Swain, and now Brian Holsinger. Lady Grizz has been more of an up-tempo, kind of spread it out, shooting type of team. And uh, Idaho State's been just brawlers. That's what they do. They just play physical. They rebound. They check you when you're cutting across the key, all that. So it's always fun. So uh, December 31st, 2 p.m. at the Adams Center. 
We got some tickets for you. How about a four-pack? Text us right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. And let us know that you want these tickets, Lady Grizz versus Idaho State, on uh, New Year's Eve. You really want some? Here you go. You Thanks, can, bro. Yeah. So I just want to go back to the time warp. Sure. We're Here recording we on Wednesday to yes. play on Friday. Friday, and we're going to go live today on Wednesday. That's right. But then you'll still hear us on Saturday. <laughs> there we are. So, I'm, I mean, just the time warp continues. I just aged five years. Hairline has receded two inches. Waistline has expanded four. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's amazing, folks, what happens here. With the wizard known as Culture Nuanas. <laughs> well, let's go all the way around the wide world of sports with Rajim Seabrook. Uh, by the way, you got to say thank you to our friends at the Advocates for their continued support of uh, all things local sports, but particularly uh, Grizz football. Of course, the Grizz have their final home game of the season, no matter if they win, lose, or draw on Saturday. I actually don't think it's possible to draw in the playoffs, but uh, win or lose, Saturday will be the finale, but uh, we'll have plenty of coverage for you throughout the rest of the year, into the new year as well, no matter what happens with Montana and North Dakota State. The Advocates, presenting our Grizz coverage, they want to wish you a happy holidays. Holidays should be joyful and exciting, shopping, spending time with family and friends. But if you're injured because of someone else's negligence, you've been robbed of that happiness. Remember, you deserve an advocate. You can visit online, montanaadvocates.com, 24-7, or you can call them, 406 640 Four 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 four. You deserve an advocate. Uh, you were ranting a little bit before we went live about Draymond Green. We're going to hear Carolyn's thoughts on Draymond Green a little later on here in the show. What do you think of this though? Because it's fascinating. I, I one thing that Travis DeCure always says that's resonated with me is he always says your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. Absolutely. And that is so true with so many people, especially prideful men a lot of times, right? Absolutely. And Draymond Green, part of why he's such a great basketball player is he's in your face. He's toes the line. Bold, brash. very aggressive. Talks more smack than anybody. He ain't scared of anybody. But then sometimes he kind of loses it. And lately he's been losing it a lot. A lot. (laughs) So I don't know what they do with this, though, because... People will say, well, you got to reel him in. I don't know if you can reel him in. It's kind of like with Des Rodman, right? Like you had to just kind of let him roll. Well, the problem with that is I liken it to a child. When a kid does something at a certain age, it's very cute. It's so cute, and we want to coo and ca and almost engage the behavior to keep the cuteness going. Sure. Society and and culture did the same thing with Draymond Green. We loved how bold and brash and how mid-90s Anthony Mason style of basketball he played. Right. But then, as you mature, quote-unquote, the same behaviors aren't as cute. Truth. And we then punish kids for the same thing, and Draymond Green is now being punished for the same behaviors that used to fascinate people sell tickets and jerseys. So when I look at then versus now, speaking of time warps, it's you created this monster. Now you, now you want to get rid of it or you helped nature and nurture it. I don't right. want to say created because Draymond created it. But you, you get to a point where a certain support was given and allocated to it. And now it's an issue. And now you want to get rid of it. But Draymond has not has also not changed any. Like, get right. the program, man. So for those wondering what we're actually talking about, Draymond Green was ejected Tuesday night from uh, the Golden State Warriors' loss to the Suns. Mm. He was called with a, for a flagrant two for hitting Yusef Nurkic in the head. It's Draymond's third ejection of the season. We're only 14 games into the season. Or maybe like, two, I don't know. It's not even a quarter way through the year right now, and he's already been thrown out three times. So uh, 
He says, I will. I am not one to apologize for things I mean to do, but I do apologize to Yousef because I didn't intend to hit him. I, was, I sell calls with my arm, so I was trying to sell a call, and I accidentally and unfortunately hit him. So it, it was basically like a uh, Draymond Green was, was kind of flailing, and uh, he basically spun around and hit Nurkic. I don't know. If he, what did you think of the video? I don't... I don't know if it was fully malicious, but I also don't know if he was not trying to hit it. Well, this is when your pass catches up with you. That's true. It right? is. So right? So you, you can't, you can't uh, protect, you can't give the person the benefit of the doubt when the, the, the actions over the years and the culmination of such said behaviors that are constantly on display by this gentleman um, is there. You can't give him the benefit of the doubt. And that's sad when you can't give the person grace and space due to their own history and histrionics within. I think that what you said is so poignant too, though. You can get away with a lot more when you're a second round draft pick who's an underdog and nobody thought you were going to make it to the NBA. You were too fat. You were too slow. You couldn't do anything. Draymond Green's a Hall of Famer now. Draymond Green's one of the most famous athletes in America. Period. He has to evolve beyond the underdog thing. I mean, that's what we all go through as men. You have to reach the next archetype as a man and embrace it. And he's he's the old head now that should be uh, a lot more mature. So I don't know. I don't know where they go from here, though, right? I don't know what Steve Kerr does with this. You know, I, I think there's just there's got to be a stiffer penalty to, to stop it. Uh, because sports, much like arts and music, are, are copycatted in so many different ways uh, consistently. And what I don't like about it is the visual that it gives uh, athletes in college, high school, and and and, and younger ages uh, as far as behaviors. I think they need to nip it in the bud so it's not replicated or duplicated or emulated by those of a, of a younger generation. Rajim Seabrook in studio with me, Colter Nuana. Speaking of behavior, what did you think of Patrick Mahomes' temper tantrum after uh, Sunday night football the other night? You know, it, it, I don't want to say a tantrum or a rant that that he obviously uh, displayed is a um, is a good thing. I understand where the source of frustration is coming from. Uh, uh, his receivers are just a mess. For anyone that is bilingual, basura. <laughs> Masura it's true. is Spanish for garbage. <laughs> and that is exactly what his receivers are. And his frustrations, with, especially with the echelon and the station he has had in the NFL, with this organization and, 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 and him as himself, he's, he's at an all-time low in his career, despite a still respectful record. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, it shows you how great they've been, right? Exactly. Yeah. So he is dealing with some adversity. I truly feel like in observation of this team, his receivers aren't really doing anything to help. Like at all. What's going man, they're on? They're leading the league in drops, man. They're, they're like on pace to set an NFL record for drops. They have almost 30 drops this year. And culture, if you look in the drops are like, I don't even want to talk about moving the chains and just and furthering first downs. Some of these drops are like just straight up touchdowns. No, for sure. Like, how do you, what is going I mean, on? They, they, they could blame dropped passes and poor execution by the wide receivers for at least two, if not three of their losses. And they have five. So oh, that's yeah. crazy. And when you uh, when you do that, it, it then sends a ripple effect because then teams are allowed to just man up on these receivers who are sometimes paltry at best. Uh, and then you can double down on Isaiah Pacheco and then you can negate uh, Travis Kelsey because you have you have the manpower to do so. So right now, Kansas City can't get out of its own way, let alone be an opponent because of the deficiencies uh, uh, on this offense. The flip side to that fraction is uh, the, the, you know, the consistent three and outs, the turnovers, the 
stall drives, then puts a lot of stress on the defense that we don't know if they're good or they're bad because of the situations they're being put in by their offense, you know? So I don't know, man. Uh, the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs are in a state of disarray right now. And, um, I don't know. They, they, they need to get more than, uh, tier three receivers out there outside of Travis Kelsey. One of the craziest parts about the NFL this year is the narrative coming in was how good the AFC was going to be, and the AFC has not been good. It's the complete opposite. Who, so th- this is what Coach Marty, Marty Mortaweg, is always arguing on Mondays. He said, hey, the Chiefs are going through right now. They are not scoring at the level they used to score no. at, but they're still probably the betting favorite to win the conference because the Ravens have been good. But Lamar Jackson hasn't proven it in the playoffs. I defend Lamar Jackson a lot, but this is going to be a huge year. If they get the one seed, they absolutely have to make a run. The Chargers are a disaster. Justin Herbert's out for the year. They're they're done. Bengals are gone. I mean, the Bengals, maybe Jake Browning can help them stem some stuff, but they're not going to make a run, really. No. The Bills have been up and down. They're up lately. But, like, what does that even mean? But it's also Miami hasn't proven anything. I was going to say the Bills look up because of the rest of the conference is down. Right. So the polarity right there makes the Bills all of a sudden look a little bit better than they actually are. Steelers are up a creek because Kenny Pickett's hurt. Browns are up a creek. They're great on defense, but they're so spread. I mean, if you're Joe Flacco had a great week last week. He's not not a a sustainable option (laughs) if you want to actually make a run at it. Oh, my God. Yeah, the Joe Flacco, the the talk about. Folks, I wish you can see, like, my eyes are stuck (laughs) to the back of my head with a like almost like a middle school kid eye roll like that's not going to be sustainable no let's tell the truth on that right and and you know you just keep on going down the line right the texans cj stride got hurt last week they're not a real they're they're a nice playoff team maybe but they're not a real conference contender no so then it really comes down to can Josh Allen figure it out in Buffalo? Right. Can Patrick Mahomes turn it around in Kansas City? Right. Can Lamar Jackson win in the playoffs? And is Trevor Lawrence ready to take center stage? Those are the four actual contenders in the AFC. That's it. And the only one that's actually playing well right now is the Baltimore Ravens. And even they had to gut one out in overtime last week. Needed a punt return with a bunch of missed tackles to actually win. A little shaky. <laughs> it's definitely a little shaky. Duane is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Rajim Seabrook hey. with us here Wednesday on Friday. Here we are. So I don't know if you followed this much, but this is uh, a crossover between the NCAA and uh, the court system. So college athletes who were denied the chance to play immediately after transferring a second time, they can now return to competition just for now at least because a federal judge issued a 14-day temporary restraining order against the NCAA. This stems from a young man with ties to Montana, Raekwon Battle, who hails from Marysville, Washington, started his career at University of Washington. He then played two very successful seasons at Montana State. He was the newcomer of the year for the Cats and two years ago. Then he was a first-team All-Big Sky selection a year ago. Danny Sprinkle leaves after they go to the NCAA tournament. Raekwon Battle, many thought was maybe going to go with Danny Sprinkle to Utah State. Not so fast. He ends up getting a very lucrative NIL offer from West Virginia. He goes there. The NCAA denies his waiver. They say, you've already transferred once. If you transfer again, you got to sit out a year. I tend to agree with that. Raekwon Battle then wrote this very eloquent letter talking about how much basketball has meant to him in terms of his mental health and saying that his mental health is is, uh, completely eroded if he doesn't have basketball in his life. And this made it all the way to the federal courts. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? I think that people are not. Let's remove sports from this. Sure. Right. If you wanted to quit your job and go to another job today, your current job can't hold you back from doing that. That's true. Right? 
So for some of these kids, this is their job while being in school. Why are we denying them the ability and the access to continue their development? I think that the, the and I'm going to use this word, the, the, col- the colonized thinking around that to control sectors and vectors of people's lives has got to stop. Like, this is this young man's choice. This is this young man's choice and his family's choice, possibly his community's choice, to do what he is. You know what he isn't doing? He isn't dropping out of school. Sure. He is not being active. He is still being held to an academic standard. Why stifle this? Especially considering where he came from, too. Like As we know, one thing that I've been very passionate about studying and also uh, talking about, having conversations about, is the massive challenges for particularly Native American men to get young men to get off of the reservations. We've seen very many women do it. A lot more women than men, especially in the basketball arena, particularly here in Montana. I mean, there's been very many great Lady Grizz players that have come Mm -hmm. from from uh, indigenous reservations, whether it's Malia Kip or Tamara Guardapi, Simran Schilt. Uh, you know, there's been a, a variety of really good uh, players with Native American roots that have played for the Lady Grizz. We've seen it on the right. highest level, too. Um, the twin sisters, the Schilt sisters for uh, Shawnee and, and who's the other one from Louisville, who were really good players. Uh, you know who I'm talking about, though. Uh, they were great players as well. They, you know, they went all the way to the Final Four. So to put this in perspective, Last year in the NCAA tournament, 68 Division I teams, each with 15 guys on their roster. The only Native American playing in the NCAA tournament last year was Raekwon Battle for Montana State. That in itself is a phenomenal story. And the fact the young man has taken it on his shoulders to say, hey, I represent not just my people, but I represent all Native peoples. I've just been infinitely impressed by that. He let me do a great story about it. He talked about his pride in just maintaining sort of indigenous traditions and things like that. Mm-hmm. That's all That's all cool. And so then when he talks about how this is the thing that's keeping him in school, I totally waver on your side of things. His argument on the other side, though, where he said, well, uh, my mental health was affected by my coach leaving. I totally understand that. He had the opportunity to go with his coach. He said he didn't want to because Utah State, the academic transition was going to be too tough, and it's not because Utah State's so much harder than Montana State or anything like that. It was just a credit transfer thing. It was going to delay his graduation. So um, there's just a lot of layers to this, but uh, it seems like the vast majority of people in the public have taken the athlete side of this, and uh, I see why. I also just think that there's two sides of it. No, there are, you know, there are always two sides to, to every story. And sometimes there's six sides to every for story. Sure, for sure. I just think that, and you know, when I zoom out of it and I zoom just outside of sports, nowhere else in, in our world do you see uh, this type of almost punitive action taken against someone who's actually trying to better themselves. For sure. Like, how do you, how do you deny someone's ability to further their development, whether it be academic, athletic, emotional, mental, financial, what have you. Um, and, and, and and try to create some sort of discord by rejection and betterment. It's very hypocritical and ironic of acquiring and procuring parts of the American dream. Just throwing that out there for, for you to chew on there, big boy. The uh, West Virginia Attorney General, Patrick Morrissey, he said in a statement, this paves the way for student-athletes like Raekwon Battle to play in the sport they love and continue to improve themselves. We're looking forward to providing definitive evidence that the NCAA has violated the Sherman Act, which is a Supreme Court case, by failing to maintain a consistent and defensible transfer rule and by denying these student-athletes the chance to play. The lawsuit uh, goes on to allege uh, requiring athletes to sit can make uh, can mean lost potential earnings from endorsement deals with their name, image, and likeness, and or their professional careers. It's pointed uh, to the exposure for competing in national broadcasts, noting 
one game could take a college athlete from a local favorite to a household name. That's Raekwon Battle in a nutshell, man. He scored 26 points against Kansas State last year in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And people knew he was a very good player, very good Big Sky Conference player. Well, he became a, a Big 12 player that day because he scored 26 against a Big 12 team. All of a sudden, he gets a bunch of Big 12 offers. So uh, the uh, the lawsuit goes on to say it's ironic that this rule, stylizing as promoting the welfare of college athletes, strips them of the agency and opportunity to op- optimize their own welfare as they see fit. So they, uh, they argued the exact same thing. As, as you do, buddy. It's uh, it, it, I guess the the other side of the coin to me is that there's twofold. One, I'm not sure that transferring is always the best interest for the student athlete, but I don't think that an institution should be making that decision for them. That's my point: is the institution yeah, yeah. should not be making that choice right, for right. them. And who are we as analysts, fans? whatever our roller station is to judge because guess what how well do you know Raekwon I mean not decently well we've had 10 conversations but not I mean we're not right. by any means but you right. don't you don't know him right. you don't exactly. know his right. full story right. totally. you don't know his circumstance right. you don't know you know the environment that he's a product of totally. so the one thing we all in this world culture we are expert judges we are For sure. expert judges sure. and it's like we don't we have not walked a mile in a pair of his Jordans For so sure. I just say let it be um um Judgment aside, I come from out of place of curiosity. I think I, yeah. I, I'm hoping I'm hoping re- really well. The first time I heard this young man's name, I thought Wu Tang was coming to play basketball. <laughs> I was like, Raekwon the chef's playing basketball in Montana. I was really happy. <laughs> yeah. The, then the last thing is just from a personal perspective, the things I yes. do know about Raekwon is that he is very much a trust based person. That's not uh, uncommon for people of his background. Right. He very much trusted Danny Sprinkle. Danny Spr- I mean, Rayquan Battle told me that Danny Sprinkle saved his life. That Danny, that Danny Sprinkle giving him the opportunity, bringing him in, and then also working through with him, teaching him how to go to class, you know, doing all the things, and helping him acclimate to a much... I mean, he grew up on a reservation of like 600 people, and then he's going to a school at University of Washington with 60,000 kids. He's, you know, he's completely outside of his comfort zone. When he gets to Montana State, they helped him out a little bit. So I was just wondering what would happen with Rayquan after he was part of ways with Coach Sprinkle, but maybe this is an opportunity for him to blossom and grow. And uh, I, we wish him the best at West Virginia. And I think this is, a, I mean, this could actually be a landmark case. And we actually might be talking about Raekwon Battle outside of the basketball world, but in the world of, of uh, sort of civil rights and student rights uh, for a long time to come. If this, uh, if this holds up, if this becomes uh, a rule by the, uh, by, oh, no. by NCAA standards. His new middle name should be going through a. <laughs> right. For real. No doubt, right? There it is. Uh, Jim Seabrook here on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. Uh, happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're having a great uh End to your week. Almost Christmas. It's almost Christmas. What do you want for Christmas? You guys big Christmas? What do you have? I love Christmas. A day off. Day off? Yeah, day off is great. You know, a day off when my kids are still in school. That's great. And what else do I want? I actually, honestly, I want some snow. I do too. I want some winter. I'm, and I know, yeah. I know people are listening to this being like, oh man, this guy wants winter. I will take snowflakes now over ash flakes later. No doubt. If right? you savvy that, folks. Um, no doubt. Yeah. But other than that, man, I don't, I don't, I'm at a point in my life where I'm good, man. I just, I just want continued health for people that care about me and for people I care about. Um, I want our world to, to, to be a bit more kind to each other and to accept what you don't know. And also accept you don't know what you don't know and maybe learn a little more along the way. Plenty of talk about the uh, game upcoming. Montana uh, plays against North Dakota State. But I want to talk about last week's game for a brief moment in time. You and I. Uh, told you. Sorry. You were, told you. You were, you were on it, man. You, uh, you, told uh, you. you uh, evaluated this Furman team well. And uh, you identified their great talents, especially in the defensive secondary. And uh, more than anything, though, I thought Furman... They were they're better than I thought they were going to be on defense. I knew they were going to be good. They were great defensively. 
They're, they were on fire. Fine offensively, but they did hit a couple big plays to stay True. in the game. But more than anything, it was their mentality, man. They were not scared at all. I mean, what a great job by Clay Hendricks. He's a great coach because they came in here ready to roll at Washington Grizzly Stadium last Friday night. Yeah, you know what? I, I was speaking to a friend back east, uh, back home about the game because they were watching it. And uh, I likened it to two different weight classes of boxing. The first quarter was old school, heavyweight, maybe super heavyweight boxing, like. I'm going to punch you, you're going to stagger, you're going to punch me back, and I'm going to stagger. Just like these big blows or big plays, like just gas plays. And then it went back to like the Sugar Ray Leonard. It was just fight, fight, jab, 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 like just quick punches, like just back and forth, like, you know, hurting you but not really phasing you. And then the overtime. The overtime was just, yo, my name is Mike Tyson. Let me let me tell you, we're gonna come down. We're gonna take this coin toss, and it was like three, two, one. Furman kind of looked like Soda Popninsky out there, like boom, <laughs> just out. And it was just a great, it was a great game. Um, I'm glad it was better than what people um um probably discredited or gave credit to, um, because it makes the Grizz kind of wake up. Not that they were asleep. Please don't hear that, but just realize that every every rung up the ladder is gonna get tougher and tougher. For sure. And nothing's going to come easy. But to the victors go the spoils. It was an amazing game. Way to stay resilient. Um, and 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 Junior Bergen just continues to impress me and wow me. Uh, just key plays. And this is why, folks, special teams is important. High school kids, go out there and return punts and kicks. Like, this is why, like, pay attention to special teams. I it won the game. I can't believe, and it also lost the game for Furman. I can't believe people still kicked to him. When Furman's punter was shaking and, and just shanking it all over the stadium, that was actually better for Furman. Coulter spell mud backwards. <laughs> D-U-M. It's, dumb. It's so true. So man. dumb you forgot to add the B. Like, how do you do? Like, why? Why? That's like saying, mm, let me have a little arsenic and a little cyanide, <laughs> and I hope nothing happens. Like, come on, man. Marty Bartolak said it's so great. He said, coaches become victim of their own arrogance because they watch and they see this guy house and kicks and punts, but they're like, well, but our kick and punt teams are better. They're better than those guys. Like, who they're playing, they're better than that. So we'll be fine. We'll just kick it to them. And even in the post-game press conference, Coach Hendricks was defiant. I said, hey, did, do you have any second thoughts or any hesitations about kicking to Bergen after he housed the very first kick of the game? And he said, well, no. He's like, actually, the one we housed was our best hang time and our, our best coverage. It's like, well, no, it wasn't. He took it 54 yards to the house, man. He kicked it out of bounds. Well, you know what? That man shares that mentality. Uh, he, Caesar... Genghis Khan, <laughs> Mussolini, and Napoleon. Everybody. The ego usurped your ability. Yep. Just like ego has killed civilizations. It has killed movements. And in this case, it killed Furman's chance to advance. The paladins are paladin. And that's all it is, man. <laughs> like, they, they, thank you for having an ego the size of the state of Montana. I hope the plane ride home was nice. But this is exactly why you play within the confines of the game and you really realize that you need to do your homework. Because if this brother did his homework, he also would have realized that Bobby Houck, that's his thing. Special teams is something that, like, he loves hanging his hat on currently and historically. Like, that's his thing. And, uh, it proved to be the undoing of one and the uprising of the other. New now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Right, James Seabrook? Right hey. with me, Coulter Nuana, is more. Right after this, don't change the dial. Keep it right here, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. 
Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. One, two, three. That is now on ESPN Radio. Well, it's a Friday here in Missoula, Montana. That means we're rolling into a weekend, and maybe you are free as a bird. That was a little, of course, Leonard Skinner, a live recording from my neck of the woods out there at the Oakland Coliseum in Northern California. That was a recording from 1977 from Leonard Skinner. Hopefully you're feeling free on a Friday, getting ready for a huge weekend of Montana Grizzly football. Jeff Safford and Andrew Houghton filling in for Coulter Nuanez here. Nuanez now on a Friday afternoon, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana, and the ESPN MT app. Here in segment number two, we're rocking away with Rajim Seabrook and Coulter Nuanez. Segment one, talking NFL, talking NBA. Multiple different things. You missed that segment. Check out the podcast, the Nuana is Now podcast. We'll be up after the show. Each episode of Nuana is Now available on the Nuana is Now podcast. But time now in segment two for our Grizz Star of the Week. Brought to you by Ryan and Miller Law. Usually do this on Wednesdays, but it being a very hectic week for the Montana Grizzlies, today we'll be visiting with Junior Bergen. Again, brought to you by Ryan and Miller Law. Ryan and Miller Law, your Montana attorneys. Paul Ryan and Angie Miller have a fierce love for their community and want to help you with any of your legal needs. From auto accidents to medical malpractice to wrongful death or any criminal defense, call Ryan and Miller 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Ryan and Miller, your Montana attorney. Now... The Grizz star of the week, the big star from last Friday's playoff game, housed two, not one, two plays on special teams, a punt and kick return touchdown. The All-American and Big Sky Conference talent out of Billings, Montana. Here's Junior Bergen. Time for our Grizz Star of the Week. Usually we have this on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, but busy week at the University of Montana. And uh, anytime we have a receiver as our Grizz Star of the Week, they're always practicing on the jugs machine after practice. So a little bit of a delay, but we're leading up to one of the biggest games in Missoula in a long time, North Dakota State at Montana in the FCS semifinals. Our Grizz Star of the Week this week, the man who took a kickoff and a punt back for a touchdown last week in Montana's 35-28 win over Furman. Junior Bergen joins us. Junior, thanks for being here, man. How you doing? 
I'm doing well, and I appreciate you for having me on. First of all, just talk, tell us about the start. I, I rewatched the game last night, and uh, man, the opening kickoff, the whole place was just shaking after you took that thing to the house. First of all, they kicked it down the middle, and that, that seems like that's a pretty good thing for you. It seems like you can see it pretty well. So when the ball's going through the air, what'd you think? How'd you see it, and how were you able to take it to the house? I was just hoping it didn't get, get out of the end zone. I know they have like a 7% uh, touchback rate or something like that. So uh, you know, I was hoping I'd get my hands on it, and thankfully I did. And, uh, you know, we had a, a good scheme last week, and, uh, you know, those guys blocked it up really well, and I was just able to, to hit the hole and uh, try to make something happen. When it's in the middle like that, I mean, is that different than on the sides? I mean, just take us through kind of the difference when you're fielding the kick. If, it, if you know you can't field it, it's not out of the back of the end zone. What's the difference between maybe right and left and when it's right down the middle? I don't know. I haven't really got too many down the middle. That was probably one of the first ones I've caught down the middle. So I guess it makes a difference just because of the end result. But uh, I'm not sure if that really plays a role into it. I'm, I'm sure it has to do with uh, their kickoff coverage scheme and you know what they'd like. But, uh, you know, obviously it ended up working out in our favor. So uh, I'm grateful for that. Yeah, it's funny. I, I, I'd only ask because that's exactly what Clay Hendricks, their coach, said. He said, hey, we told our kicker to kick it to the left or kick it to the right, not down the middle. They hit it down the middle and boom, uh, off to the races. But uh, a huge spark. But I mean, what would you think of just the way Her- Furman hung around, though? I mean, that was a, a great football game and a great back and forth. And we'll get to the punt return that was so big time. But what would you think of the way Furman responded after that kick return? Um, they responded as good teams, too. You know, that's a, that's a good team over there. They're the two seed all year pretty much um, up until like that last week um, you know, they ended up falling to seven but yeah that's a, that's a good team there um, you know they played hard they, they're physical they're tough um, you know they executed well too that's not uh, that's something that they, they really did well um, we, we turned the ball over and they, they got quick points or like we made just simple mistakes and they were able to capitalize off that Judah Bergen here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio is our Grizz Star of the Week, presented by Ryan and Miller Law. Ryan and Miller Law, your Montana attorneys. And then uh, you get them backed up uh, against their own end zone, against the south end zone, and uh, sort of a short field. So uh, just take us through the punt return then. And uh, when they kick it high, kind of over the shoulder, that seems like you really like that. Uh, Yeah. You know, you get a a good jump on it, get rid off the foot. I saw the, the nose was still up, so I knew it was going to kind of sail a little bit. And, uh, you know, I just hoping that it was one for me to return. And luckily it was. And once again, those guys blocked it up well, did their job, and we were able to get out the gate. When you get to the sideline, I mean, why is that such a, a huge part of this? Or I guess how, how much does that help you have success, especially when you guys return it up your own sideline? I don't know. It just depends on our scheme for the week. Um, last week it was getting to the – to the sideline and um, we were able to do that so you know good things happen when guys do their jobs and yeah there's that, that stuff tends to work out well even though it was a, a back and forth game and and you know then Furman scores with 13 seconds left to tie it it seemed like you guys had no panic even though it went to overtime and everything it seemed like you guys were were in control of the game so I mean where's that confidence come from and how important was that to finishing off the win very confident. Our, we were very confident. We, uh, I just remember after Cliff had thrown the pick, like guys, we just got to stay together. Like, um, there's no better time for us to come together. We're we're here for a reason, you know. Um, we're not we're not gonna lose this game. We're just gotta tough it out, and uh, you know, they're they're gonna make plays as well. So we know we just had to make more plays than them, and uh, ultimately that's really what it came down to. 
Well, you mentioned Clifton McDell, and uh, it's been fascinating to watch him, too, just bounce back because I know he had early picks in each of the last two playoff games, but then played great down the stretch. So, I mean, what do you thought of just his ability to sort of next play mentality and, and just keep a positive attitude? Yeah, that's that's Cliff, man. He's a he's a baller. He's a he's a he's a game changer for sure. And uh, we really appreciate having him. You know, he's just from no matter from the beginning to the end of the year, he's just put his best foot forward and uh, really honed in on his craft and gotten better each and every week. Junior Bergen here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. He's our Grizz Star of the Week, presented by Ryan and Miller Law. Now, getting to this point, I mean, what's the week been like in preparation? Because you guys, now you're knocking on the door. I know you always have lofty expectations there with the Grizz, but um, now you can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel, but you got a a premier opponent standing in the way. So uh, what have you thought of just the week of preparation? What's it been like around Grizz practice this week with North Dakota State coming to town? It's it's been good. Uh, we've, We've prepared really well. We usually prepare pretty well. We've been able to, you know, get after it and, uh, you know, pick up our speed and just lock in on, on uh, NDSU. We know that's a good team. Whether they're number one ranked in the country or unranked at all, we know that they're they're a good team just based off history. They've been to the playoffs, are the semis like 11 out of the last 12 years. That's obviously, uh, they're not there for no reason as well. So we just know that, that uh, that's a good team and we got to make sure that we bring our best. When it comes to just the matchup on the perimeter, you guys have been so great at the in the receivers group, yourself included. But North Coast State also very good in the secondary. They're leading the country in interceptions. So, uh, what do you think of that element of the matchup? What do you think has made North Dakota State very good uh, on that side in, in that position group? I know they got they've got some uh, some guys back there who play quite a bit. Um, I know the, the guy who's uh, leading the country in picks. He's He's, uh, I think he played backer a little bit last year, but you know they, they do their job, man. They don't really mess up a ton. They they make sure that they make plays uh, on the ball, and then they're good at tackling as well. That that's just a well-rounded team up front. They're they're pretty solid, and uh, we just gotta you know make sure we just take care of our business and and control what we can control. What else have you seen just defensively out of North Dakota State in preparation so far this week? I don't know. They're, they're a good team. They. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They, they're a good team. They, Yeah. Just the fact that you guys have this opportunity now. Uh, and, you know, I mean, you, you've checked off so many goals on the list, whether it's, you know, beating the rival or winning the Big Sky Conference or hosting throughout the playoffs. Now one last home game at Washington Grizz. What do you guys think? just think of this opportunity in general? Yeah, we're, we're super blessed. Uh, I thank God every every morning, every night for the opportunity that he gives us. Now we're... We just need to go out and take full advantage of these opportunities because not uh, or this doesn't come multiple times in a lifetime. Junior Bergen here on Nuanas Now. ESPN Radio is our Grizz Star of the Week, presented by Ryan and Miller Law. Junior, best of luck, man. Appreciate you for taking a minute during your busy schedule and uh, have some fun on Saturday. Huh? Thanks so much for being here. Yep, thank you. I appreciate it. There you go, Junior Bergen, this week's Grizz Star of the Week. And uh, hard to think of a more appropriate Grizz Star of the Week after Junior Bergen takes the opening kickback for a touchdown, and he takes a punt back for a touchdown in a fourth quarter last week against Furman. That got the Grizz to overtime. Clifton McDowell and the offense took it from there, and the Grizz beat Furman 35-28 last week in the national quarterfinals to get to the semifinals, where they'll face North Dakota State on Saturday. I'm Andrew Houghton. Thanks for rolling with us here on Nuanez Now. Coulter Nuanez. Out today, myself and Jeff Safford filling in behind the glass, bringing you Nuanez now on 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Chris Star of the Week brought to you by Ryan and Miller Law. 
Ryan and Miller are your Montana attorneys. Paul Ryan and Angie Miller have a fierce love for their community and want to help you with any of your legal needs, from auto accidents to medical malpractice, wrongful death, or any criminal defense needs. You can call Ryan and Miller 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Happy holidays from Ryan and Miller, your Montana attorneys. We're going to keep talking football here in a minute. Three big things about the Grizz going into this game against North Dakota State. We usually do three big things coming out of Montana and Montana State football games on Monday in the Montana Football Hour. And certainly Colter Nuanas will have three big things about the Grizz, win or lose. On Monday's show in the Montana Football Hour, in the first hour of that show, this game's so huge, we're going to do three big things going into North Dakota State as well. Again, the Grizz hosting the Bison, 2.30 p.m., Washington Grizzly Stadium, Saturday afternoon. And it's going to be broadcast nationwide on ESPN2. We'll be back in just a minute. Three big things about the Grizz and the Bison. Thanks for listening. This is Nuanez Now, ESPN Radio. It's Nuanez Now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Andrew Houghton here with you on Nuanez Now. Thanks to Jeff Safford for carrying most of the first hour. Jeff will be back with you in the second hour to take you home here on a Friday Colter Nuanez will be back with you on the airwaves tomorrow. He'll be broadcasting live from the Walking Bridge just north of the University of Montana campus from noon to 1.30. Uh, that's our ESPN College Game Day pregame show. So stop by uh, the O'Reilly Auto Parts parking lot there just north of the Walking Bridge. Say hi to Coulter. Say hi to Rajim Seabrook. I hear Jeff Safford might be making an appearance as well. They'll be breaking down this Montana-North Dakota State matchup for an hour and a half leading up to an hour before kickoff of that game. You might have heard it's a big game. North Dakota State, Montana, two of the, uh, certainly two of the most historic and prestigious and esteemed FCS programs of all time. They're facing off at Washington Grizzly Stadium for a chance to go to the national championship game. Three things about that game. Uh, Normally we do this on Mondays coming out of a game, but uh, we're going to give you three big things to watch tomorrow for the Grizz. The first one, first big thing about Montana heading into that game. It's a point I've made a couple times here late in the season. One of the biggest changes and one of the biggest improvements, and everybody points to Clifton McDowell, Uh, taking the starting quarterback job and making it his own. Uh, I think a lot of people also have pointed to, you know, they had two new coordinators. They had a new defensive coordinator in Ronnie Bradford. They had a new offensive coordinator in Brent Pease this season. I think uh, a big reason that Montana's turned it around late in the season is players growing just more used to those schemes. They were doing some different stuff on defense. They're certainly doing some different stuff on offense. Takes time to sort of bed in and get used to those schemes. But one of the biggest things that I have seen here late in the season is Montana's receivers have taken a huge step forward over the last, you know, month, month and a half. Late in the season here, it's been a real pick-your-poison situation for other teams. Between Aaron Fonts, Junior Bergen, Keelan White, all three of those guys have been able to win one-on-one. And that's been sort of an underrated part of the story of the rise of Clifton McDowell. 
He's made some great throws, no doubt. I, I think particularly in the Montana State game, Clifton McDowell made some throws that just made you sort of shake your head and go, well, okay, he's seeing it and he's throwing it really, really well today. But a lot of the throws he's making, he's got a margin for error for uh, because his receivers are getting separation on the outside, and that's something that was not true or not true as consistently earlier in the season. I mean, all those guys, none of those guys I don't think are seniors yet. Uh, so all those guys still young, still developing. They've had huge and and immediately apparent physical gifts since they got to campus, all three of those guys, Aaron Fonts, Keelan White, Junior Bergen. Seems like late in the season here they're starting to put it together, and I really think it's changed the complexion of the Grizz offense. So that's one thing I'll be watching. Second big thing for the Grizz going into this North Dakota State game, we talked about it a little bit last week. Berman had a huge ter- positive turnover margin going into that game. North Dakota State's is also ridiculous. North Dakota State, here's a statistic for you. This season, the Bison have scored 103 points off opponent turnovers and given up 36. Uh, it's partially a biased statistic because they're just better than a lot of the teams that they're playing, so they're more likely to go ahead and score when they get a turnover. Here's another stat for you. Bison have 21 interceptions this year. They've only thrown four. So I think that's going to be a huge thing for Montana. And again, it comes back to Clifton McDowell. Clifton McDowell has been great taking care of the ball this season. I think he's still only, he threw a bad interception against Furman when he threw it short and Junior Bergen took off down the sideline. And that led to a big Furman touchdown in that game. He's still only thrown, I think, three interceptions this season, which is pretty good. Uh, considering he's played most of the year now. He's played eight or nine games for the Montana Grizzlies. But I think every turnover in this game on Saturday is going to be magnified, particularly if it's Clifton McDowell throwing the ball away or the Grizz running backs. Again, they've been great not fumbling the ball this year. But one or two bad giveaways for Montana in this game could make a difference because you're not going to get the ball back from Cam Miller. He's only thrown four picks this year, or or he and Cole Payton have combined to only throw four picks this year. Those possessions are going to be a big swing in this game, and it's, uh, it's not something that you can predict beforehand except just to say that it's going to be really important. These are two teams... Uh, With big positive turnover margins, they thrive on creating extra possessions for their offense because that's part of how they kill you. I mean, both Montana and North Dakota State, if they can create an extra possession for an offense, they're probably going to score on that, and suddenly it's a big swing. Uh, The Delaware coach Ryan Carty talked about this after that game, after the second-round game in which Montana blew out the Blue Hens, talking about Jackson Lee's scoop-and-score fumble, Uh, scoop and score fumble recovery touchdown in the second half of that game, early in the third quarter of that game when Delaware still had a little bit of hope. It's a 14-point swing there, and both of those defenses thrive on that, and both the offenses uh, don't give a lot of opportunities there. So I I don't think we'll see a ton of turnovers in this game because both offenses are really good at taking care of the ball. But the one or two or maybe three that we do see I think are going to have a big impact on this game. You're listening to Nuanez Now, ESPN Radio. I'm Andrew Houghton, bringing you home here in the first hour on a Friday afternoon. Hope everybody's having a great Friday out there in the Garden City and across the Treasure State. Third big thing about Montana going into this North Dakota State game, 
want to go back to something that Bobby Houck said in the post-game press conference uh, on Friday after that Furman game. Grizz haven't been in a close game in a while, and they reacted uh, really well to being in a close game against Furman. They made the plays down the stretch when they had to. Of course, Junior Bergen with the huge punt return. The defense absolutely stifled Furman in the second half of that game. They were playing great defense all game long, but they eliminated the big plays that hurt them in the first half, and they played basically perfectly down the stretch of that game except for Furman's last drive, which they had to convert a 4th and 10 from the 13 to even send that game to overtime. But Bobby Houck's right. I mean, the Montana Grizzlies have not been in a close game for a solid month, month and a half before that Furman game. I mean, they blew out Delaware. They blew out the Bobcats to end the regular season before that. You blow out Northern Colorado. You blow out Sac State. You blow out Portland State. Before that Furman game, Grizz hadn't been in a close game since October 14th against Idaho, and I don't know how much that's going to play into it, but I think this is going to be a close game on Saturday. North Dakota State, they're playing in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. They've got a little bit more uh, experience in close games than the Grizz have this year, including, of course, they went to Bozeman and won 35-34 on a blocked extra point in the second round. Which of these teams is going to react better when it's when it's late, when it's close? I think the Grizz being at Washington Grizzly Stadium is probably going to help with the way they react with it. And the other thing intangible for Montana in this game, how do they react to the stage of this game? And there's nothing bigger than the Cat-Grizz game, of course, in, in Montana. But if there was a game that measured up to the stakes of that game, it would be this one. You're playing, everybody knows North Dakota State, and everybody knows North Dakota State is down this year. You're playing Goliath. You're playing the alpha dog of this subdivision for a chance to go to the national championship game. How do you react to that? Does that does that carry? Does that energize the Grizz? Or is this the moment in the season where they start to think, they get caught in their heads a little bit, the moment becomes a little bit too big for them? I think it's going to be the former, uh, but I just wanted to, to point that out, sort of third big thing here about this Montana-North Dakota State game. A couple of off-field things to watch for the Grizzlies on Saturday. Hope everybody enjoys that game on Saturday. If you got tickets, just go out and enjoy the experience, man. It's going to be like nothing else uh, you've barely ever seen. I know a lot of people have been to a ton of Grizz games. This one's above and beyond in my mind. Uh, So just enjoy it. Think how lucky you are to be there watching it. Uh, we'll be uh, previewing that game on our College Game Day pregame show noon to 1.30 tomorrow. Colton Juanez and Rajim Seabrook live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts parking lot just north of the walking bridge there on the Montana campus. And then we'll be back with you on Monday. Colton Juanez back in the chair in his regular time slot on Monday, 4 to 6 with the Montana Football Hour in the first hour, and then Marty Mordenweg swinging by at the studio in the second hour for the Monday afternoon quarterback. That'll do it for the first hour here. Coming up after the break, Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports. We'll also hear from Matt Entz, the North Dakota State head coach, uh, soon-to-be USC linebackers coach. But Matt Entz going to coach the Bison through the playoffs, and he was good enough to join Colter Nuanez for a couple minutes this week. So more content coming at you in the second hour. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Nuanez Now, ESPN Radio. 
Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 